broadcasting from the business capital of the world. This is the Podcast Business News Network. We are back with our friend, Jesse Popik, who's here as a consultant, as a coach, as a awesome guy sex educator he's got so much under his belt in life and he's helping so many people with his courses with his one-on-ones and he's also very honest known as an honesty coach welcome back jesse how are you i'm good joe good to be back um appreciate the intro uh and today i like that you left you left sort of the uh intro with the the last word being honest yeah yeah that's what i want to talk about today all right about being honest what is honesty jesse yeah, what is honesty, Joe? This is a great question, and I really appreciate in previous conversations your willingness to what I imagine to be really honest and really like you know no holes barred. And I, I really, I to, really, people might say that's a good thing. Others think that's horrible, right? You got two different yeah. opinions, but I'd rather be honest than lie. Yeah, I'd rather be honest than lie as well. And I think that there's a distinction that needs to be made between um, you know being honest and being brutally honest. Um, I think that some people, uh, you know, rush to this idea that brutal honesty is great. And I'm not a believer uh, in that approach. Um, I imagine that brutal honesty is me just giving you my opinion about how I feel about what you've done or what you're doing and then bail. Right. I just give you I just give you a mouthful of crap. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and this is to me is brutal honesty. Uh, and I think that there can be an approach to honesty that uh, doesn't necessarily have to be quite so harsh um and keep in mind too that the harshness is usually in the eyes of the receiver of the honesty right um jill if you were being honest with me and you were doing it in a kind and intensive like attentive and intentional way um and uh, even if you were expressing maybe something that was making you angry it would really be on me to deal with how i process that true yeah yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I might be really reactive. I might get really angry or I might get really sad. Um, and that is, I guess, the where the saying the truth hurts comes from. Mm-hmm. Right? You haven't actually done anything wrong by being honest with me. Uh, I just have to process it and deal with what it is you're telling me. Now, again, it, I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a way there's there's a way to do it yeah. uh, that doesn't have to be brutal. And mm-hmm. I think that you and I are both New Yorkers. I think that there's there's a lot of uh, 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 New Yorkers who just realize, you know, who just say something like, I'm brutally honest, I'm New York honest, and like, um, there's something to that. I, I will say that in, in my life experience that, yeah, New Yorkers do tend to be uh, a bit more open and, and honest than blunt. people. Blunt, I call it blunt. Well, see, so there's a difference. So bluntness, <laughs> bluntness can be received, you know, as you said, it can be received well or not so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do think, and you know, the other thing too, Jill, is like from the time we're children, we're taught to lie. I mean, we're taught to lie in order to have the big people in our lives take care of us. Um, and we fall into line because we need our parents or our tribe or whoever who's taking care of us to take care of us. And, and if we are blunt and honest all the time, there's a risk that, you know, we might get excluded from the group, kicked out of the house or whatever. So I would argue that we are trained from the time we're very little to to lie and not not be honest. And so even this idea that we have about what is honesty, you know, um, for those folks who, you know, who stake a claim and say, yeah, I'm a really honest person. Um, I, I question, I question that, you know, I wonder where, what that's about. And, and, well, some and, people then become so obsessed with the whole, I'm so honest thing. And then that becomes like this whole ego thing. I, I, 
I'm so honest. And then it's like, really? Is it about you being honest about you want to tell everyone that you like being honest? That's a whole other show. Yeah, that's an ego thing. But yeah. No, it's true. And and I think that I think that really being honest uh, can break your ego uh, and that you have to get over your ego uh, to really be honest because it's scary as shit. I mean, it, as an adult person, you know, it can be really scary to be honest. Um, you know, we might feel really comfortable being honest up to a certain point. And then after that point, whatever that point might be, it's different for, for everyone, I imagine. But after that point, it suddenly becomes a little, uh, I'm not really sure. I feel, I don't want to hurt your feelings, right? Or I, I, uh, I, you know, I start taking into consideration stories that you know, about how you're going to receive this. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's better if I just say nothing. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think that that's, that's a distinction that needs to be made clear as well, right? Honesty uh, isn't exclusively in the realm of lying. Honesty also is in the realm of withholding. Okay, yeah. Right? Because I'm not really being honest with you if I'm withholding something from you. I'm not lying about it, but I'm lying by omission. Ah, I like that. Lying by you know? omission, yeah. Lying by omission. And I think, I think that's where a lot of us fall into uh, a category of, on a pretty regular basis, we it's not that we're li- not that I'm actively telling you big lies or little lies. I'm actively not telling you anything. Mm-hmm. And by not telling you what's really happening for me, I would argue I'm lying by withholding. Yeah. Right. Um, this has been a, this as an as a as a as an adult man in, in the U.S. It's amazing to me that it took me about fifty years to to see. To understand that, yeah, the the omission stuff, yeah, it's not. I'm not lying to your face, um, although maybe I am. And in some cases, it's it's what I'm not telling you that's actually really fucking me up. Yeah. Um, and in, in 2018, I read this. I read this book uh, that was recommended to me uh, by uh, the woman who's now my ex-wife. But at the time, we were going through a pretty lengthy uh, breakup. Uh, it took us several years to work through. Um, our breakup and in 2018 she read this book called Radical Honesty mm-hmm. and I read it too and it was like wow it, it was it was life-changing there were elements to the book right I felt like I could have written that have you ever read a book where you're like ah like these thoughts resonate so clearly with me it's almost like coming from me uh-huh, I wrote the book <laughs> right I mean so in this that happened to me several times in reading this book and there were other times in reading this book where I was like this is a lot of shit mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, it was a mixed bag. Um, and after reading it, though, I was moved enough to, to look more into who the guy who wrote the book, his name is Brad Blanton, who he is, what was he was about. I, it turns out there's a whole website called radicalhonesty.com, and, and there are workshops. There are actually workshops that happen all over the world all year long. Um, and I was completely blown away by, um, by, that, by that opportunity that, like, okay, so this is a philosophy, but also it's a practice. And I had had no idea. I just thought, oh, this is a really interesting book. But there's actually groups of people who get together and, and put that philosophy into action. Um, and so in 2019, uh, my wife at the time and I went and did a couples radical honesty workshop. We flew to Finland in order to do that. Wow. Which was pretty exciting. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, good and, and then, bad. I mean, if things went bad, it wouldn't be so good. You're so. <laughs> that's true. How did, it, how did it go? <laughs> Long flight home. No, it actually went really, really good, well. Good. It went really, really well. Um, we both learned a lot. We both learned a lot about ourselves. We both learned a lot about us as a couple. Um, we were the only Americans 
We also were the only couple who actively lived together. Every other couple, uh, and they all were Europeans, had two places to live. Like they didn't all live together. And this was this was one of the first things that caught our eyes. Like, wow, so are we the weirdos? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that we feel like we have to uh, live together all the time. And we actually, one of the things that was a result of that workshop was we came back to New York and got a second apartment. Now, whether that precipitated uh, our eventual breakup or not, you know, one could argue either way. But I like, I do like the idea that, you know what, from a um, relationship standpoint, we fall into patterns and living together is one of them. It's, I remember being a young man and couldn't wait to live with a, with a partner for the first time. This was like a, an achievement. Um, and I'm not sure that it's always the best approach. Some people can live together really well. And also, you can live together really well and still want to have your own space you know have have your own alone time i think that's overlooked with relationships here in the u.s in particular but all over the world anyway um brad's work is really interesting uh i have been involved uh as a participant and as someone who's uh taken a a training path um towards eventually becoming a, a trainer and there's a process to that uh radical honesty as an organization right this minute today is in a bit of upheaval uh, there's a lot of internal, suddenly internal strife. Is it a psychological cult? Uh, you know, what is its intentions? Are people being harmed by being honest and, and uh, the way that the workshops are conducted? So there's a lot of uh, internal questioning within the organization. Um, and it is an organization. It's a community of people that I know mostly in Europe, but also Americans and all over the world who are, who are attempting uh, to be more honest. And, and it is steeped in this philosophy that Brad developed. Um, I think the first pillar of his of his idea is that that he was a therapist in D.C. for a really long time. So his clients were politicians and lawyers and all kinds of different people. And he found that most people were suffering because they were withholding. Yeah. Like for his in his experience as a therapist, that most people's pain and suffering came from their inability to say what was actually on their mind. And this caused so much so much internal pain and suffering that some people you know got heart disease or uh got cancer or he he likes to associate the idea of that lying is the primary cause of suffering and that you die from this right um i imagine this is also selling some sense of urgency um and i'm not sure i i'm not sure i buy that 100 percent, but i certainly know that um in my again in my experience that i certainly created a lot of suffering for myself by not being willing to to be honest with my partners and the people in my life so it's a tough and again i think it's a tough one because we we think we're making the better decision to not tell you something i don't want to hurt your feelings i'm trying to be sensitive to how you'll take this um but if i don't tell you what this is then what are you working with are you working with the full deck or am i holding a few cards back mm-hmm. like, how can you as my partner or as my friend um, or as my coworker, even be able to make clear decisions if i'm not actually revealing what's on yeah. the table true self yeah okay right so um one of the one of the approaches to dealing with radical honesty also and this is a really key element is note is the difference between um or i should say noticing dis- distinguishing between noticing and thinking we spend a lot of time up here thinking and brad likes to take the approach or i should say radical honesty wants to take the approach of like separating what's actually happening like i'm looking at the screen i see you I'm sitting in this chair, I feel my ass in the seat. These are all things that I can, I know are happening, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the stories that I make up in my mind 
about you or about the computer or about what I'm going to do later today, that's just stories. Like I'm, I'm, that's not based on any reality. It's based on ideas that I have. And a lot of times I imagine we buy our own ideas and we believe our own ideas when maybe they don't serve us so well. Like maybe we're, we're coming up with these ideas and stories based on how we're feeling, not actually what's happening. And this to me is a huge part of this. Again, 50 years before I realized, oh yeah, that's right. Fuck. I, I, I spoon feed myself these ideas all day long. And most of them I've just completely made up and I'm making decisions based on these made up ideas and stories that I have. So the idea of, of really distinguishing between what I'm thinking and what's actually happening, like the noticing and thinking. Um, and, and that idea is uh, packaged in this uh, approach to, um, uh, to being honest through what we call the uh, awareness continuum. So the awareness continuum is pretty straightforward. It, it's what I kind of said before. There's really only three areas as a human being that I can be aware of. Three areas being um, what's happening in my body, right? I feel my hands on my stomach. Maybe I, I feel sweaty. So my body is physically telling me things that I can be aware of. I can be aware of you on the screen. I can be aware of you're smiling or laughing or waving, right? This is how <laughs> happening, right? Yes. So this is, this is all true. Um, and then the third one, so we have the inside, we have the outside, and then the third area of awareness is the upside down, what's happening in our head. And, and being able to distinguish between those three things, what's happening for, with my body, what's happening out in the real world, and then what's happening inside my head, this can be really challenging to separate those three things. For ourselves, right? Um, especially because if we listen to our, what's going on in our heads most of the time, we may not be paying attention to what's happening in our body. We may not even be attention, being aware or paying attention to what's happening outside in the real world. I mean, how many times have you been asked, how are you doing? And you answer, oh, I'm fine. Oh, fine. But you're like, and then there's times when I'm so honest and it's like a person's face goes, I just asked how you're doing. I'm like, yeah, but it's really not good. So I'm just letting you know that I don't want to lie. It really sucks. And they're like, they don't know what to say. <laughs> so I kind of learned to lie and say, I'm fine. <laughs> I no, no, no. Them. But you see, that's the problem. We've been trained to, to lie and say this bullshit. I know, that you're fine I do. You're guilty, not. guilty, guilty. Yeah. Exactly. Right? And we've all done it. That's what we're trained mm-hmm. to do. And, and again, you being honest about how you're doing, how that lands in the other person, they're the ones who are having a reaction yeah. to you being honest. You ask me how I'm doing. I'm telling you the truth. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This makes you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but this is not my problem. This sounds like a you problem. Yep. <laughs> um, if you ask the question, I'm being honest with you. How you receive that? Well, maybe next time, think before you ask that question. Are you really interested in hearing the answer? True. Or are you really interested in hearing the truth mm-hmm. when you ask me that question? Um, yeah. Part of part of the honesty. Part two is that there that there is a that it's a means to an end, um, and uh, you know that getting over our expressions of anger or even attraction that we can get over our we can get over these feelings and that we maybe can come to a place of forgiveness. That's kind of the goal, if there is one, um, to this radical honesty practice is getting to eventually getting to a place of forgiveness, uh, and it's not always possible. Um, my my second ex-wife has not forgiven me, and I doubt that she will. She's made it clear that she does. She's decided she's not going to. And and you know, so it's not guaranteed. And I think forgiveness is is one of the things that we can gain from honesty. 
is, is giving the other person, again, the opportunity to really see who you are, and then they can decide, I'm going to forgive you or not. Mm-hmm. And, and also that there's a lot of attachment to honesty around um, negativity, around anger. And there's a couple of things I want to say about that. Um, we also are attached to lying about our attractions to people and our, and our actual, actual appreciations of people. So not only, we might actually be, especially being New Yorkers, we might be ready to say fuck you to someone who gets in my way much more readily than we're able to say, wow, I really like you or I'm really attracted to you. That we, we lie about that also. That we, again, I'm not gonna tell you I find you attractive, Jill, because you know, I'll, I might make you uncomfortable or I might get sweaty or, right? So I opt not to. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I, I wanna be clear that this approach to honesty isn't just around the negative and around expressing their anger, but also the positive. True. Right? We, put, we tend to put people on pedestals, whether we're angry at them, we put them up here so I can get angry, we put them up here if we appreciate them, and we're all just people. Right. So the pedestal doesn't really ever work in anyone's favor. Uh, it really uh, it allows for a lot of dysfunction as opposed to bringing you back down to my life. And now we can just talk as human beings. Um, and so part of the practice is also to yeah, get over our anger, but also to get over our appreciations. Um, and I get and, and I don't mean get over them to get rid of them, but to get over them to equalize the playing field. So that's right. um, and then this is also really challenging. You know, we, 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 I, think, I think we tend to be more ready to be honest about our anger in some ways than, than our attractions to people or our appreciations for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you this too. I mean, again, I grew up in New York City. New Yorkers, uh, so far in my experience, Italians and New Yorkers tend to be the most honest when it comes to expressing their anger. Yeah. A lot of hot tempers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you're an Italian from New York or a New Yorker who's an Italian, you probably got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot yeah. of heat there. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my experience doing these radical honesty workshops, and I've done quite a few, is that there are a lot of people who don't get angry, who have been told their whole lives not to get angry. Huh. And witnessing someone in a in a container in a, with a group of people where they're allowed to explore their anger for the first time is one of the most highly impactful human experiences I've ever had. And I did not realize until I started doing this work, how many people don't allow themselves to get angry. They don't know how to express their anger. They've stuffed it down for decades. Um, This to me was a shock because I was raised here. I was raised with a family that allowed me to get angry and express my anger with the reassurances that there would be no love loss, that my parents would still love me, that I could still love them and express the anger. This was this was a healthy part of my childhood. I there were parts that weren't so healthy, but expression of anger was accepted. And I am constantly in awe of people who come to these workshops who have not, who were not raised that way. And we all have our own issues and our own problems, but this, this inability to um, safely express anger, really, 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 really moving. Um, Quite honestly, like, well, but honestly, but like in the workshops, but I mean, like, I can't even express to you in words, Jill, like how powerful it is to watch someone, you know, slightly raise their voice for the first time, let alone like have a full expression of anger and like, yeah. have, have the feeling that they have. I'm getting tingles in my arms just talking about it. Um, and that's the other thing, too, is that relating back to what's happening in your body and talking about that. Like, uh, he, like paying attention to what your body is telling you. 
um, so that if you are really happy or you're really sad or you're really angry, that your body is also like part of that expression that you can say, yeah, I'm feeling tingles or I'm feeling sweaty or um, I tighten my throat. Like that can also be part of the expression of, of that honesty. Your body's a part of it. Got it. Jesse Popic, just to let you know if you are tuning in, we should establish we are talking to Jesse Popic. And how do we reach you? Well, the website is jessepopic.com, J E S S E P O P P I C K.com. I can't believe we've already blown through 23 minutes. I, love I know. I'm so a, we, we still got, we got three minutes left. Go for it. We, we still got a few got minutes some, left. Yes, so yes. email me, email me at you you at jessepopic.com. Check out the website. Um, I do honesty coaching, I do uh, sexuality coaching, I do sales coaching. And next week, I actually want to speak with you um, about incorporating honesty in sales. Okay. Um, because this is, again, I think a topic that people have that type of reaction. Like, whoa, you're going to talk about honesty? Well, I think about car salesmen. I do. And I know some. And I know some really good, kind ones. But I know some really leechy, like, dirty, like, lying type ones. And I'm like, I just... I'm a good censor of people when you walk in, but I that's a whole other approach with sales. Like, do you approach the client? Do you let them have their space? Do you be aggressive? Do you not? It's like, ah, oh, just be you. But uh, yeah, I, I hate sales people that are too pushy, that are too... Some people, though, need that to kind of get their claws in and it makes a sale. I get it, but I'm not that person. Yes, I would argue that no. I would argue, I'm going to make a whole a whole discussion with you next oh, week good, good, good. Around, around that idea that like, yeah, no, there, there's probably better ways to, to sell stuff to people. All right, All right we'll talk about it. Jesse, yeah. Uh, yeah. so Jesse, in the meantime, if we do want to reach out to you, do you offer initial uh, a consultation, a discovery call with someone? Absolutely, free consultation. You can, uh, if you go to the website, jessepopic.com, you could easily sign up for a half hour uh, consultation. Uh, we can see, um, well, we can find out what, what's going on for you. We can um, check each other out enough to see if, if it makes sense to work together about, uh, and on what uh, and go from there. So awesome. check it out. Thank you so much, Jesse. Have a fantastic day. Okay. And to everyone Thank else, you. stay tuned. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah. Buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is, like, busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.